everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Watch or Not with Jay and MJ, our recap show for The Last of Us, episode four. Please hold my hand. I forgot the title. <laughs> oh, so so close, but I'm, I'm, I'm still going to give you the cheers. We're good. We're yeah, good. I gave, We're good. I gave you the cheers again. It's fine. I didn't give you the you womp wow. Well. No, no, that was that was that was pretty good. Regardless, it's fine. I have to give myself um, applause for that. So, episode four, here we are. Uh, is, so it's okay. Is this the halfway point? Is it eight or ten this the season? I don't remember. If we've discussed this. Um, I don't know. My brain is saying it's nine. So we're we're kind of at the halfway point then. Well, five, yeah, five will be halfway. Um. Assuming it's nine, but I think it's nine. I'm double checking. Yeah, we'll see. But regardless, um, yeah. So this one was, this was a short one. Like this one was definitely short compared to the others, I believe. Because if I remember correctly, last week's was like a little bit was like an hour and ten. The first mm-hmm. episode was like an hour and ten or fifteen. Mm-hmm. The second one, I think, was. You know, either right at an hour, but this one was really short. I this, felt well, this one was right at like fifty, so it, it was it was about twenty minutes less than the others that we've watched. Now, I will give a shout out real quick, so I don't forget to mention it. Did you see that this next one's coming out on Friday, so the fifth episode, because they're trying not to compete with the Super Bowl? I'm assuming. That what now? Sorry. The next episode, episode five. They are going to drop it on Friday, not on Sunday, because during the time they would normally drop it is right in the middle of the Super Bowl, which would be like Rihanna's like halftime show. Really? Yep. It was on the preview. So like when I started, because I started mine a little, I didn't start it right at nine. I started it at like 930. They showed that it, that the new episode was coming out at nine o'clock Friday for a pre-release, because again, it would be right during Super Bowl if they launched on Sunday as normal. I hazard to say that this audience that's watching The Last of Us is not watching the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl, and I'm watching The Last of Us. I'm I'm offended. What do you mean by this? Like, I would just think it would be different, like, audiences. Like, I would think the same people who are who are watching the Super Bowl aren't watching The Last of Us. But you're not you're not going to watch the Super Bowl for Rihanna or the commercial? Like, you don't, you don't you're not that guy? No. Okay. I don't give a shit like all right then like i i don't like for me i'm like modern capabilities like do i want to see rihanna yeah i want to see rihanna but um for me it's like there's a dbr for a reason i don't have to watch it live and i don't care about the game so to me i'm like i would much rather if, if they're both airing on the same day i would much rather watch the last of us because that to me is that to me is appointment television. I want to I have that watched before Monday morning to be able to discuss it or make sure that I don't get spoiled by anything. I don't really care about the Super Bowl, but that's me. You know, I, I don't need to watch the full game. Yeah, fair enough. I don't even watch, watch the game at all. Well, the, I just assumed there was not much. I just assumed there's not much overlap there, but whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We get it early. Fine. Great. Yeah. Good for me. Okay. I, I just didn't know if you like saw that because yeah, I was extremely confused that why I was dropping on Friday, but then I did the math and realized it was because I'm assuming HBO decided not to compete with the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe so. But that's neither here nor there. Let's jump right back in the episode. Uh, so yeah, like I said, yeah, it's a little bit shorter. It was like 50 minutes long, this one, instead of an hour and, and 15. 
yeah, it definitely wasn't like one of those long ones, but you know, it's fine. This one was uh this one was definitely a I'll say a subdued episode. Um it, I liked it a lot because it gave me I I noticed the growth of the relationship between well, I didn't. I didn't mean some dude is bad though. No, okay, I just fair enough. Very... Yeah, I just, I just noticed like, like between Joel and Ellie, like I noticed the growth of their relationship, the, the pun book, and and the, you know, the laughing, and the two of them kind of growing together. I, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I did too. I, I think, I think what, I think what is, I think what this is telling me a lot about this show is that it is, or that this game, I believe this game is very slow moving oh yeah is there's what, no doubt in my mind it's what i'm gathering and i'd say this that, that, that show is moving slowly but there definitely haven't been like i mean i guess there have been events mm-hmm. but uh but i guess maybe it just feels i mean after watching episode four i feel like i've i've watched a, i feel like i've watched more than four episodes and maybe it's because they, they're longer and maybe that's why it feels like it's been so long since like an event happened, which the last real event would have been like Tess's death in episode two. Well, and I think a little bit of that is that you're getting so many stories at once, but it doesn't feel jumbled. Like you're getting the prequel stories of what happened in 2003 or prior. You're getting what, you know, the what happened during the outbreak um, to cause what's going on. You're getting one off episodes like last week's where you're getting all this information about a character who you apparently according to the game didn't get all the information about. So they're growing all the, the world and all this information at a steady pace. And it's a lot of information and they're doing it well. So that's why yeah, I'll agree. That's what, that's how I, that's why I feel like it feels like maybe it's been longer, but it's just, it's been done in such a great way. Like they're not wasting any of their airtime. Yeah, and and to be fair, I'm, I'm not saying it's a I'm not saying it's a criticism at all. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's just like you know, just just noticing, you know, something like a like a show of this nature, you would expect them to go for fireworks, and I think they're going for fireworks in a very different way, which is which is is cool to me. Uh, this is the first episode, I believe, we don't have a flashback. No, am I correct? Um, I think I'm um, correct. I think you're, I'm going through and playing everything. Yeah, which is no, we weird. Don't. Yeah, so I, I was like, I was like, hmm, okay, that's a, that's a, a departure. But I, I guess because this episode really, really, really decided that they wanted to focus on Ellie and Joel, we 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 don't we don't leave them for very long in this episode. So we start off with them, you know, on the road again. Yep. Driving in the truck, going to the highway, the only car, siphoning gas out of, out, of, out of parked cars, you know, what have you, you know, normal shit. Normal apocalyptic shit. Uh, so, yeah, they're searching for Joel's brother, Tommy, you know, so this is uh, we also, you know, this, this is definitely like a road trip like episode where there's just like a lot. We're sitting in a car. We're doing a lot of talking, which it's funny how Joel has immediately broken his rule of not really giving too much away or talking too much. You know what I mean? Well, to a point, he he definitely is opening up and and sharing more with Ellie. It's 
it's just the fact that you start to see that he doesn't see her as cargo, but he does want her to still realize that she's cargo to him. It's it's he's in that part where he doesn't want to give in to the way he is growing attached to her, but he kind of is. I don't know if he's. I, I think I, I think there's the, the other layer is I don't. I think that comes later. I think he. I think he is. I think he grows attached to her, but I think right now he's trying to stifle that paternal instinct. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I don't think that comes out of him, you know, liking her, which I think he does start to. I, I think he will obviously come grow to, which I assume well, he will grow to love her. But I think right now it's trying to stifle that immediate paternal instinct that he has spent 20 years pushing all the way out. And he's been letting this violent man take over his paternal instinct. And he gets this person who's the same age as his daughter. Uh, as his daughter was, and all of a sudden that paternal instinct is creeping back up. So he's trying really hard to keep that instinct out of it by staying detached from her. So well, I, I think the struggle is his paternal instinct. Like he wants to protect her. Well, and, and we, we kind of clarified that in the last episode that even Bill was, you know, very adamant that they're protectors. That's what they're here for. That you find the people you can protect and you protect them. Um, but talking about his paternal instinct, I've been questioning, does she remind him of his daughter? Are they, I, I didn't see a lot of the same personality traits because the more I look at it and the more I hear the after story and the director's talk, they very much say Ellie is a copy of Joel. They're the same person. <coughs> Where I think his daughter who had died was very different than him. <coughs> right, but that to me doesn't mean... Uh, that to me doesn't mean that... Um, yeah, I do think that um I just think it's the paternal instinct regardless, because she's a young girl. I don't I don't think that it's similarities to this is like my daughter. She's like my daughter. I think it's like I think it is very I think it's very superficial. She's a 14-year-old like my daughter was. Mm-hmm. She's a girl like my daughter was. So that paternal instinct is and he's being asked to protect her, you know, by Marlene and all them. So for him, his thing is like I don't want to name the puppy, you know, <laughs> like I don't want to name the puppy because then I'll care too much. So let me leave this paternal instinct. I am doing a job. This is a job. I am not a father. And I think that's really what he's trying to push aside, uh, which I think is, you know, the point at the beginning. Like, I think that's that's really what it is to me. To me, that's how I feel. No, and I definitely see that aspect of it. Um but he definitely has the walls break down. He definitely sits there and starts telling her about his past and what happened <clears throat> and how he met Tess and what happened with his brother and who he used to be before they met each other. Right. I, I like that we get that story, that, that backstory with, with Tommy. Like Tommy's a joiner is mm-hmm. what he said. Like he joined the military and then he didn't like that. So he joined here. Then he joined this and he's no longer in the fireflies. So I think that that's cool that we learn a little bit more about Tommy, because we don't know anything about Tommy. We haven't seen Tommy since episode one. So it's nice to hear some of that. We still don't have the details about how he met Tess, but we do all know they traveled to Boston together. Well, and we never really knew that backstory about Tommy in episode one. I mean, obviously he had a gun. You could tell he had a little training. But we never knew that backstory that he was in the military, that he was a joiner, as they said, like right after he turned 18, 
went in but never found the meaning he was looking for. Right. Right. I agree. So we are uh, we we as they're driving along, we we do we do. I think they leave like the portion. I don't know how they do it in the game, but I remember in the game or looking at the whole Billy Freak story, we talk about how Bill is definitely gay because LA five is gay porn. Uh-huh. So I think it's funny that they, I don't know if they, I don't know if this happens in the game, but she finds a gay porn bag under the seat and, you know, eventually goes out the window, but she obviously has like a, a, a cute little, a cute little interaction with, with Joel on it. And I think that, I think for me, this is like, this is part of her goal. I think that she is very, very scared. Mm-hmm. And her way of really coping with that is to focus on Joel. I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to get him to like me. I'm going to do my stupid little games, my stupid little jokes. And I'm going to make him like me because I don't know if she thinks that, I don't know if she is doing it to distract herself from being terrified or if she thinks that if he only sees me as this piece of cargo, is he going to protect me as he would a person? I don't know. You know, I might be thinking too deep into this. I don't know. Well, you see a little bit of that when we can skip forward. So they get to Kansas city and they can't keep continuing along the highway. They get blocked because someone has definitely put, um, a truck in front of an overpass so you can't get under it so he decides to instead of go backtrack and go around kansas city he decides to just go up through kansas city joel does right um and in doing so they get turned around they don't really know how to navigate they don't know the town they start seeing someone who was acting hurt and joel automatically knows that guy's not really hurt we need to get out of here and when they finally start racing past they get attacked by a couple people and they crash into a laundromat or some type of building. Um, he sends Ellie through a wall. He's like, you stay there. You wait till I come get you. Like he's very protective. He goes into, I'm like the dad, the protector mode. You go through that hole. You don't come out till I tell you to come out. You don't do anything. You stay silent, which is where I think you start seeing that he does start caring about her, that he doesn't want to take this innocence from her, that he wants to be the one that if he has to kill someone, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to protect this person. Like, yeah, it's still cargo, but you don't do that much for cargo. Well, I, I, I I think it's my, my thought on it is slightly different, but slightly the same. Okay. Where I do think the, I I think, I think it's the way he still sees her as cargo, Mm -hmm. but I, I think that I do think that your point makes sense because that is, I think we learned in this episode the reason why he doesn't want her to have a gun, why he was so adamant about her not having a gun. True. Because even though he's been fighting this maternal instinct this whole time, the first thing he did was going to was going to parental mode by saying, no, you can't have a gun. And we thought the reasoning was just because he didn't like her or, you know, because he was just like, no, I'm not giving you my gun. But it's really because he is trying to keep her innocence. He doesn't want her to have to deal with having to kill someone or having to do any of that stuff. So he kind of betrayed his whole, his whole stick of, you know, not caring and not being a paternal figure by saying, you know, I don't want you to have this gun. But again, we didn't really know why he was saying that until this episode where, you know, he is, as they're being ambushed, 
you know, some somebody comes in through the back and basically has him over a barrel. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, Ellie has that gun that she stole, Frank's gun, and shoots the guy that is, you know, trying to choke Joel out. And she doesn't kill him. And this kid is begging for his life, basically. And Joel sends Ellie to the other room. And then if you notice, he doesn't like he definitely doesn't shoot the guy. He stabs him, which I think is, again, that paternal instinct flowing up because I I think she knows what I'm going to do, but I don't want her to have to hear the gunshot. To a point, I, I and again, I, I did you watch the after credit scene with the discussion of the of the director? <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, and that's where like the point he made was she quickly walked through, and obviously she knew what Joel was going to do, but she became very okay with it very quickly. She's seen him snap and beat that guy senseless in the first episode, so she knows what he's capable of. And when she is crying because of how she had to harm that guy who got the jump on Joel, she quickly wiped the, the tears away and became very okay with anything she was about to hear shot, stabbing, th- you know, slitting his throat, anything that what is going to happen. See, I don't think that she's okay with it. She seemed to not I, be I, bothered to me. She, well, she was crying, so she was obviously bothered. But, I think what quick, she's trying to do. And that's what I, I think she like was bothered, but like became okay quickly. Like, as I say, like she wiped her tears away and came to terms with like, okay, this needed to be done. And see, I, I still think that I, mm. I, I, I think, I think what she's doing is I think that I, I, as I said, I think her goal, her goal is to get Joel to like her. Mm. So I think to me that that bothered her and she took the gun and she's this badass and she, you know, she is still trying not to show that vulnerability. So she's like, in order for me to get Joel to like me, I can't think I can't make him think that I'm a little girl. I can't make him think that I don't deserve this gun. I can't make him think that I don't I don't understand what's going on. So I need to fake it. I need to be I need to be more like him or act more like him so that he will trust me with this gun and that he will start to like me and that I can be a little bit more like him. So I think for her, it's a means to an end. I don't think she's okay with it at all. I think she's hiding it in order to make herself seem bigger to Joel. Well, and we find out later, even Joel's not okay with what he's having to do. He just, he's able to compartmentalize and do what needs to be done in his mind to protect who needs to be protected. Right. And I, and I, and I think that's where he's, I think that's the weird thing about this is because, is because she is not okay with what's going on or, or, or this kind of stuff. But I, but I believe that she is looking at him as that figure that's teaching her what's right and what's wrong. So, I think that's the thing. She's pushing down all that. She's te- she's terrified, and she obviously, but she's trying to push it down to make herself to ingratiate herself to him. I, that's that's what I think. Well, and she's definitely trying to gain favor. I I agree with that. That she's trying to make him like her and get past that awkwardness that they've been experiencing for the last couple of days. Um, because at the first part, he did think she was cargo. Like there was no communication. Tess was the only person who really talked to her. It was very awkward, and that's starting to go away. Um, I mean, <clears throat> we hear the the you know the pun jokes that she tells in the um, in the woods when they go to sleep and camp out. Like, like a little bit of a flashback here um, when they're camping in the woods, and Joel's like, "I'm not going to sit here and start a fire. We don't want to attract anybody." And she thinks she's talking about the infected, 
and he's talking about other people. And she goes, oh, what are they going to do, rob us? He goes, oh, no, no, they have much more in mind. And that's where when they're falling right. asleep, she's like, make sure, is, is no one, like, are you going to protect us? And he's pretty much like, yeah, I'll make sure no one hurts us. He's very, I'm sleeping with the gun close. I'm going to protect this child. Right. I, I, I actually don't think he sleeps. He doesn't sleep that night. I don't think, I think he stays up. Yeah. So he, he, you see later that he is up watching with a gun in hand. Yeah. Um, but this is where, but, 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 you know, after this gunshot, we, we, we kind of meet, we meet a couple of new characters. We mm-hmm. meet, uh, we meet Kathleen and we meet, I don't know what the other guy's name is, but Kath, Kathleen and Perry. Mm-hmm. And, our first shot of Kathleen is so this is kind of so I think we kind of realize this this is a, a Kansas City is, is, is a QZ zone oh, yeah. and I think we kind of realized in the episode that it, it that it was that the people the inhabitants took it over yeah they, they drove they Fedra out yeah and they took over the whole city the whole town and then so so we so we meet Kathleen kind of and she's kind of like I don't want to say she's torturing somebody but she's you know, really trying to figure out. She's trying to find this group of people. She's trying to find some guy named Henry. She's interrogating. Let's put it that way. Right, right, right. I use interrogating with air quotes, like interrogating. Right, and she's looking for some guy, some some group of people with some guy named Henry. And I guess, I guess, because this this guy, um, used to be her childhood doctor or her doctor now or what have you you know, had done some spying for Fedra, had, you know, informed Fedra. Mm-hmm. So she's really trying to, like, get this information out of him. And you can see she's breaking. Like, she's like, he keeps saying, like, I'm your doctor. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. So I'm a little bit confused because she's, she's trying to get this information out of him, but then she gets called outside because this is where they, they find out somebody has crashed through the town the people that Joel shot and killed, they have their bodies already. And then she immediately says, start searching for these people, find out all their collaborators and kill them. And then she goes back into where she's keeping her doctor prisoner and shoots them in the head. So that I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm a, this, this whole, this whole little section confused me a little. My takeaway from it is, yeah, <clears throat> please. Uh, so Henry, we don't know anything about him. Like, correct. It, it, we are lo- left in the dark. I don't know. I think from the preview, it looks like Henry is going to be explained more in the next episode. I think we, I think we meet Henry at the end of this episode. Yeah. So I think, based off of how much he's caring for him, Henry probably was part of the Revolutionary Army or revolutionaries who overflew, overthrew Fedra. Hmm. I think Henry turned on her and either broke off from the group or is making a counter group. I, something that they, their their ideologies no longer align. So the doctor who she had, who has been treating everybody because he's a doctor. Yeah, exactly. She is like, oh, he knows where he is. I need to put a stop to this person who's going to, put a stop to us who now own Kansas city. So she's asking right. and interrogating him. She can't get the information from him. Um, and as he said earlier, like, you know, 
or she's made a point that Fedra, you turned all these people over, and he says, well, I had a gun to my head, so she puts a gun to his head. Well, she doesn't know where Harry, Henry is now, and if he's not going to tell her, then it's a mute point. Like, what's the like? I don't need you alive now. I, I'm still in the same spot if you're alive or not. So that's where she leaves him to kind of think about things. But I, but when she goes out and finds the people who were killed, she automatically assumes it was Henry. She doesn't question like who was this, what's going on. She assumed Henry called in a mercenary. This is what Perry kind of says and and spins the story. So she thinks all, all right. of this is Henry's doing and the fact that she's now pissed that they can't find him and the doctor isn't giving the information and he's no longer beneficial to her and she doesn't want Henry to have any extra help with people getting healed or having a doctor around. She just kind of takes out her anger on the doctor. Okay. <clears throat> so that's my takeaway. It was all very like emotionally driven. No logic was used. Her main person is Henry. She can't fathom that it's just some randos who came through town. She thinks it's all Henry doing this. So she's going to take out her anger towards him on anybody around. And she can't kill her own people. So the only person she can shoot and take it out on is the doctor. Yeah. And I, and I think the after credit thing gives us a hint mm-hmm. at, at, at what's going on. It's just like they overthrew Fedra and then yeah. became Fedra. Yeah, where so, they're, they're like you think it's going to be better if you overthrow the, the the person who's enslaving you, but it ends up being worse. Yeah, and I think that there is a resistance to the resistance kind of thing. Yeah, going on is 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 what I would say. But they're patrolling the streets, um, and Joel and Ellie are basically deciding hey we they find like the one of these really tall buildings and they say our best thing to do is get to the top of this big tall building so we can see the city see our way out and then make our way out of the city that's going to be our best bet get to higher ground yep and then figure it out from there so that's when they find the building they they go up i don't know not 40 flights of stairs but they go up quite a few and then decide to camp out at a certain point and i'm like yeah, I was like, whoa, like that's a lot of fucking steps. I'm well, with you. So, well, and, and at the moment, and literally as I was asking to myself, because they get to the, like the 32nd or 33rd floor and Joel like sits down and takes a break and Ellie's like, come on, you lazy ass. He's like, what? And, I, and I'm just thinking to myself, how old is he? Have we ever determined like how old his character is supposed to be? And he goes, I'm fucking 56 years old. I was like, well, thanks for answering the question I asked in my head the moment I asked it. Yeah, I think, I think they tell, I don't, yeah, I don't remember when they, when they when they said that, but I was like fifty six. I was like, "You are a hot fifty six. <laughs> Damn, I would yes, please." But we but uh, before we uh, do that, there there was a thing. There was the the sinkhole. What was that? I was I was about to bring that up too. That the people who are we don't running, know what that is yet, right? We don't. But the people who are running the like resistance who overthrew Fedra, Perry and is it Kathleen? Was that the other one? Yeah, like Perry takes Kathleen A in this one building and goes all the way to the ceiling or all the way to the attic and shows her what looks like I guess would be Harry's hideout. And then she's like, "Is there anything else?" And he goes, "Yes, Henry, Henry. yeah, Henry's sorry, hideout. sorry, Henry, yes, yes." And then takes Kathleen, and then Perry takes Kathleen all the way to the bottom of the same building. I'm assuming, and you see this like sinkhole, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "It's a sinkhole. What does it matter?" Well, the sinkhole starts moving like a wave pool. 
And yeah. And even Perry's like, when should we tell everybody? And Kathleen goes, not yet. Just lock it down. We have to find Henry first. And you can see Perry start questioning her, like in his eyes and his mind. He's like, no, no, no. We were here to save and worry about the people. You're more concerned about your revenge now than the people. At that moment, I'm like, you're no longer the leader we need. But he's not going to question it because I bet she d- he doesn't know he has the backing of anybody else. But yeah, I think the sinkhole is going to be the fungus or something like coming into the city because it almost looked like the city had been untouched. There wasn't really a lot of overgrowth or, or, or issue with that here yet. It didn't seem. I think I'm, 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 I agree with you. I actually, I think it's the same. I think what you're saying is correct. I think it's, I think it's like growing and that's what it's going to be because I, I had the same exact thought. Like there's not a lot of, of like overgrowth. So mm-hmm. me, and you are fully on the same page with that. I fully think that, but, but uh, but we, we do end with with Ellie and Joel, you know, in sleeping bags. Uh, you know, she's telling. She says she'll have a serious question, and it's one of those dumb pun pun jokes again. And he literally lets out like a laugh, which is, you know, the first time that we. That this is where we we see Ellie's, you know after these days of driving, she's finally broken through her charm. And, yeah. And they're laughing and, you know, giggling. And then, you know, they, we kind of fade to black and that's what it makes you think it's the end of the episode. It's like, Oh, cool. Happy moment. And then we hear, you know, Ellie yelling, Joel, and he wakes up, startled, looks at her, somebody with the gun pointed, pointed at her. And then he looks up as a kid standing over him and he puts his finger to his mouth to say, shh. And that's what the episode is. So I'm thinking this is Henry and Sam. That's that's my guess. Um, so, A, are we not going to tell what the pun was, the fact that it's the first one that made him laugh? I don't know what it was. Uh, she wrote over and she goes, Joel, Joel, I have a serious question for you. Or not a serious question because I have, you know, I have something to tell you. She's tell like, the joke, MJ. Tell the joke. And he, but he's like, what? She goes, did you know that diarrhea is hereditary? And he's like, what? She goes, yeah, it runs in your genes. That yeah, was the joke. But like he, like the, I like the 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 scarecrow one from earlier. But like, so he giggles, like you said. Um, but at this point, he had put glass out in front of everybody or in front of their sleeping bags to hear anybody like walking in and having a crunch. And mm-hmm. Ellie was even talking about, are you going to hear this? He goes, yeah, I got this. She goes, why don't you don't hear well from your right side? Well, I don't know if you noticed, like when he got woken up and noticed that she was being held at gunpoint, he had rolled over and his left ear was down and his right ear was up, which is how they got the jump on him. Either that or they have another way in. True. It could be that they never touched the glass, but they alluded to his bad hearing ear because even yeah. Ellie had to like scream like Joel to like get him to wake up. Yeah. Um, so so. Yeah, but that's that's where I agree with you. I think the two people are Henry and, and you said Sam. I, I didn't look up the names of the actors or anything, and I don't know the people in the in the game. But I'm assuming that's who they're going to be. Yeah, I would I would think so. I don't know who they are in the game either, but uh, but they mentioned Henry and Sam a couple of times, mm. and, and you know Kathleen does. So I'm like, it's got to be them. And then obviously when they found their hidey hole, there were drawings. So yes. I'm assuming Sam is the little kid. Probably. Yeah. But so that's interesting. So we're finding we found a subgroup and a subplot, it seems. <laughs> so 
what would you rate this episode? I'm going to give this one. I'm torn. I don't know if it's a six and a half or a seven. I'm going to go with a six and I a think half. It, yeah, I'm going to go with seven. I, I, I think. I think what makes it a seven for me is that it makes me kind of like Ellie a little bit uh-huh. because she was kind of getting on my nerves. So I think for me, I felt the same as Joel. Like I was starting to kind of like, like her too, in a way. Yeah. And I do like that we got to spend a whole episode with them just together instead of like, like it's the first episode we got to spend with them just them too. So before they really start throwing all these other things to the mix. So I thought it was really cool. So but was it like the most exciting episode? No. That's well, why it's a seven for me. And it comes right after that critically acclaimed one that we gave a nine the week before. That you, you can't really have two nines back to back. Rarely will you ever have two great episodes that way. So we had to take a little bit of a dip. But it's the fact that it was another episode sans infected. You had no indication of what was going to happen. But with the preview for the next episode, I would assume it's they were building up to like have nothing happen to have everything happen in the next one. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited I mean, to see what that is. Me too. Well, that was I mean that was kind of a short one, but but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what will happen now. Since this is releasing early, we will probably still not release the actual recap episode until the same day so we'll wait till probably next wednesday to release even though it does release early yeah i think just because i think just because it's just consistent (laughs) and this thing we can always record later or if i mean we might be able to knock the next two episodes out in the same day our like normal monday one and that yeah i I think we'll keep for consistency sake guys so so we, we will have a regular episode on Monday. Yes. And then our recap episode will drop on Wednesday just like normal. So uh, I think that's everything for me. Anything else for you, MJ? No, uh, that's everything for me on this episode. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. You've been listening to Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Interact and give us suggestions on what to watch at watchornotpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchornot underscore pod. And don't forget about Instagram, you guys, at watchornotpod. Don't forget you can support the pod by joining our Patreon at watchornot with J and MJ. And subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Talk to you soon.